it's the shiesty show and we back man it feels good to be back i'm um i saw the numbers that i put today i'm not a numbers person but when you when you saw when you see something grow from the ground up started with one follower one download to me a download is more important than a follower a like i just feel like with the download man somebody really took the time to come in and listen to what you had to say so i just want to say i'm happy to be back i had some things going on but we here to stay. The shiesty show ain't going nowhere, man. And the, and the uh, love is much appreciated. And um, just going to keep putting, keep pumping these out because I know consistency is key. And uh, building up a fan base here, man. So the shiesty show is back. This is season two, episode 21. We bringing it here live. And uh, first thing I want to touch on is definitely the recap of the Terrence Crawford and Earl Spence fight. You know I'm the biggest boxing fan in the world. So, you know, I had to order that one. I didn't even mess around with the streaming services or none of that. I said, I'm going to pay my $85. I'm going to get the, the fight with no buffering. And better not be buffering if I'm paying showtime for this fight. But you know what? I decided to, to uh, in that situation, I love both fighters. I knew they were doing it for the legacy. It wasn't strictly for the money. So I was happy to give my $85 and uh, support that man and, uh, definitely was not. Well, let's start off with the Pitbull Cruise. That's my boy. Um, but I will say in the co-main event of the Terrence Crawford Earl Spence fight, uh, even though Pitbull got the victory, you know, he looks strong. Of course, he's always going to be compact. He's everything's in tucked away, you know, very, very good defense uh, and a good body puncher for sure. But uh, he just didn't win in the in the fashion I, I was hoping to see because I think that's what people are looking for right now with him. He's kind of started to make a name for himself after the tank fight. So I definitely thought he would uh, turn it up and, and go for the knockout, but uh, the guy was definitely a lot bigger than him. His power wasn't as uh, – didn't look like it was hurting him too much because the guy kept coming forward. It, it was a pretty pretty cool fight. Even though Pitbull got the win and did more to win that, it wasn't a total uh, run over and – and uh, melee, like people thought we would see with Pitbull Cruz, you think you're going to get that knockout, that pressure-type fighter, you know, going to put the pressure on and, and make you stand up and go toe-to-toe. But uh, he definitely didn't, didn't, didn't. It wasn't a, like, people I think probably weren't even watching that fight because it wasn't that entertaining. Um, and to me, Cruz needs to step it up in that regard because you want to be the number one guy. Like Tank, you got to be entertaining people ain't ready to watch, uh, then you're not going to do much. And, and that's just the game of boxing. You know, that's just the game. You know, if you even you got to sell fights. Look at Mayweather, man. Even if you didn't like him, you just wanted to see him lose, you still paid money to watch him fight. And and that's what you, he needs to bring to boxing because that was his opportunity to go out there and lay that dude out and really, really leave his mark on a game and then have people speak about him in these boxing talks. Um, but – you know, subpar performance, got the win. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. But uh, Pitbull Cruz, that's a word to the wise. Definitely try to step it up next fight because that wasn't it for sure. But, um, of course, man, the main event, we had Earl Spence against Terrence Crawford. I was going for Crawford. Um, a lot of people told me that Spence was the more uh, technical, more skilled fighter. And uh, a lot of people had Spence that I know, um, you know, definitely did did think that uh, Spence being the bigger guy, he had more of the power and the strength, just looking bigger, being taller. 
than Crawford, even though Crawford has the longer arms. Um, I always said that, you know, he had that one-inch uh, advantage in the arms. Man, you could always just tell Crawford had very long arms, very good range. So my, my whole thing was Spence is the bigger guy. He's going to come forward. Crawford is going to have to stick and move and use the jab. Use the jab, and that's exactly what he did, man. He he sat there and picked apart with the jab. Now, the, the surprising part of it was I didn't think Terrence Crawford had that much power in the jab. Now, when he laid him down with that jab, I was like, oh, man, he's on another level tonight. He's on another level tonight, man. And I don't think Spence is going – if he's getting knocked down by, by power jabs, um, that's not even the best punch that Crawford has. It's going to be a long night. And uh, that's definitely what happened, man. Um, Spence got taken to school. It kind of reminded me of the Mayweather-Canelo fight. That's kind of what it looked like. Uh, definitely Spence didn't give up. Heart of a warrior. You got to give him that. He didn't take the 10 count and the easy route out like some of these fighters. You know, I don't want to name no names, but some of these fighters heard a pinky and they want to sit out. So, you know, he, he took it like a warrior. You know, I think the fight was stopped at a good time. He was taking a lot of punishment. You don't want to see anyone die in the ring. Definitely don't want to see that. So um, I, think the, I think the stoppage was good. Uh, overall, Terrence Crawford looked like the best fighter at 147. You know, he's the best man, and, and, and I had a good feeling that that was the way it was going to go. I knew I knew Spence was going to want to be the bigger guy and bully, but if you watch that fight, there was a moment when uh, Earl Spence tries to hug him and grab him, and, and Terrence Crawford threw him off like no problem. Uh, and, and when I saw that, I was like, man, he's on a different level. He, he he's, he's, he's in the zone. He's like... The situation when you get into playing ball and you got either got a jump shot or you dunking four or five times in a row, you just hit a zone, man. And he was definitely in that zone, and he looked sharp and, and picked Spence apart. And this is not no slouch. Uh, Spence is considered one of the best. And, you know, he took him to school. Uh, like I said, you got to give him his credit. He stood in there. But at the end of the day, they didn't look like they belonged in the same ring. Um, and – Spence is going to exercise his rights to the rematch. I don't know if that rematch should happen right away. I think definitely Spence should take some time off, at least a year off, and, and, and maybe make talks for that time. But at this moment in time, don't allow your brain to heal. Allow allow your face to heal. Uh, you know, he, he wasn't looking good, man. And, and that was very shocking, I will say that. I had the fight going the way I said. I definitely thought Crawford was going to be the more skilled you know, he boxes both ways. He could box left-handed, right-handed. Um, you know, he's just got all the tools in the toolbox, man, and he's he's a great fighter, and he, he showed it. He You know, and, I, and I'm happy that these guys made the fight, both in their primes. They didn't wait. You know, it, it was for legacy, not just money, and uh, you got to give Earl Spence some credit for that. You know, he didn't have to accept it because, like he said, he was, the, he was side A coming into this fight, and a lot of people had him winning at side A. Um, but, you know, shout-outs to my boy Bud Crawford. You know, he sticked and move, and, and, and in the later rounds, he just poured it on. Um, you know, technician, master at work for sure, man. That was a good fight, and I'm glad that came through for boxing because boxing needed that. Uh, in the time we're in right now, we need the best fighting the best. And that's what they did. You know, that was a great card. Like I said, Isaac Cruz, you got to be a little more – uh, ready to shine and be big time in those performances. But you can't doubt it, man. And something that happened there, 
that I also want to talk about is uh, Caleb Plant smacking Jamal Charlo. That was the one I was supposed to fight Canelo. Um, you know, and he's actually the bigger brother and got got his hat slapped sideways. <laughs> oh, man. I ain't never seen nobody get slapped that hard. Your hat, your hat went sideways and it landed perfect, like, back on his head, man. I can't. Oh, <laughs> uh, damn. But uh, Jamal Charlo, man, I don't know what was going on. I, I, I got the uh, response video from Caleb Plant, so I want to talk about both sides here. Caleb Plant came out and said, because in the video that you first see, Caleb Plant sees him backstage, and they're arguing. Well, not even arguing. He just starts the video off by slapping him. And then they're sitting there arguing for a minute, and then they walk him outside. Um, that's Caleb Plant striking Jamal Charlo with a slap, vicious slap. Uh, and one day he tried to get Canelo with, but Canelo was a little too smooth with it. <laughs> a little too smooth with it, but, you know, that was what he did. And uh, I, was, I saw his response video later of why he did that. He said that Jamal Charlo uh, saw him backstage, was grabbing on his beard, Tell him you ain't nothing but a punk white boy. Not going to do nothing like a punk white boy. Uh, that's kind of the gist of what everything that I heard and read about the situation and what he said in the video was he kept pulling on his beard and telling him you ain't going to do nothing. You a white boy. And uh, his wife was there, Caleb Plant's wife, you know, watching this whole thing go down. And uh, just not even being a boxer, just in general as a man, I, I don't think you allow that to happen, especially with your wife present. You can't let some man just pull on your beard and talk to you any kind of way. And uh, he responded in the way he knows how. He slapped the shit out of him. Slapped that boy's hat sideways, man. Sitting sideways, boys in the, you know what I mean? So it's just, that's how it is and that's how it rolls. You know, I, I, after seeing the response video, I was just thinking that was kind of wild just to see someone backstage you have a little bickering back and forth and you slap him. I thought that was a little crossing the line, maybe set on a fight. You know how they do it now. But, you know, after seeing uh, Caleb Plant's response video and what he said about the situation, I see that happening because I don't see Caleb Plant, even though, you know, he's a pretty tough dude. I don't see him just going around smacking people like that. And, uh, you know, I guess Jamar Cello, uh, he deserved Jamar Cello. Uh, Jamar Cello. Jamar Charlo deserved it. So, it is what it is, man. On to the next thing. We got uh, Nate Diaz versus Jake Paul. Um, I didn't watch the fight the whole thing through. Kind of caught it toward the end. Um, I thought Nate Diaz did real well toward the end, keeping up. You know, everyone knows Nate Diaz has got his foot on the gas. He doesn't tire out. His cardio is absurd. So, you definitely need to stay up on it. And, uh, you know, he stood in there. He did get dropped. You know, Jake Paul did drop him. Um, but I definitely think Jake Paul uh, had a tough time. It was no easy fight like that Askren fight or the Rob, Nate Robinson fight. I definitely thought he had some competition. I think the Silva fight was the closest fight I've seen him in that that went toe-to-toe because Silva is also a great boxer. Uh, he beat Chavez Jr., um, and that's a limit, that's a legit boxer. And if you don't know, Chavez Jr. at one time was going to be the shit, but he just kind of gave up on boxing. But that's a whole other story. Uh, so Anderson Silva has some experience there, and uh, that was a good one, you know. And, and I put this one right there, you know, toe to toe. That first Woodley one was nice too, because Woodley did, you know, rock him a couple times with his power. You know, he's always known to be a heavy-handed striker in the UFC. So um, Nate Nate came out, you know, he he kind of looked a little 
uh, unorthodox throwing his punches. You know, I'm pretty sure it's a lot different standing there for three minutes and not being able to throw kicks and anything like that. But you know what? He held his own. Uh, held his own. Uh, like I said, got knocked down one time, but a lot of people said it was close. He could have went either way. Uh, I, I kind of saw Jake turn it up a little bit, but you know what? This is Jake being a legit boxer, man. He really trains for this. And that's one thing I got to say. I don't care about the whole Disney shit. I don't care about the YouTube fame. This guy's been training for three, four years, constantly training. This is not like me or you training where we just go to the gym three, four days a week. This guy's training every day with a personal trainer, with chefs, cooking them the best food, watching tape. So this guy is really uh, up this game, and I can see it every fight. From his first fight to the Askren fight to the Nate Robb fight to this fight, you just see the progression, man, and uh, you can't hate on you can't hate on someone chasing the dream, and he's only been doing it three, four years, and uh, held his own because even the fight he lost to against Tommy Fury, a legit boxer, uh, he still held his own. He still dropped Tommy Fury, so that power is real. It's not this is not something that's made up, um, and I don't think these guys are taking a dive. I don't think Nate Nate Diaz went in there and got paid twenty million, whether he took a dive or he didn't take a dive. Now you think that dude from Stockton who's always slapping people and calling himself a gangster, you think he went in there to take a dive against a YouTube guy? That's what people like to say, right? You think he went in there to get embarrassed by a YouTube guy? You know, maybe Askren was there for the money, but these other guys, Woodley, you think these guys are going there to get knocked out in front of their moms, <laughs> in front of their daughters? What, for some couple million? Come on, man. These guys are world-class fighters, and they don't cheat the game like that. And I, I, I think that's where a lot of the disrespect comes. Every fight you see Jake Paul in, they say that the opponent's going to take a dive for the money. Now, if Jake Paul loses, they talk shit and say, ha-ha, that's what happens when you go against a real boxer. So it's, it's, it's hypocritical for them to be mad if he wins and say they, that guy took a fall. But then when Jake loses... It's he sucks. He shouldn't be in boxing. So so which way does it go for the guy? You know, and I'm not the biggest Jake Paul fan. I think a lot of these fights are getting used up now. I think he's definitely got to start winging it to go on strictly boxers now. Uh, amateur or coming just into the pros, those type of guys, and start beating some of these guys, maybe even get a rematch with Tommy Fury, uh, avenge that loss a little down the line. You know, the guy's young, 25, 26. You know, he's got some time in the game, so – that's that's my opinion on it, but um, it was it was a good overall card. Uh, watched it to the you know, like I said, didn't catch the beginning, but watched it at the end, and uh, that's that's my take on it, man. And you know what? Shout out to them. Nate Diaz making most money that he ever did in his life. Uh, all his UFC fights combined, he uh, estimated twenty million he took home to fight Jake Paul. You know, he probably knew. Uh, he I, that's one thing I think about Nate in this situation. Big boxing gloves. He probably knows he's been hit by harder people than this, I, I believe. So he knew he wasn't really going to get hurt, but he tried to stick it out, and I think Jake pulled it out, and it was it was the right decision in my eyes. And, um, hey, man, it's been great for boxing. One thing I got to say, though, is Crawford is looking to fight Jermel Charlo, the one that's fighting Canelo. And I do think if he can get that fight, capture that last belt uh, at 154, I just – it's hard it's hard to dispute the record man and uh that's greatness right there so you know he's 35 36 years old maybe not much time left so we'll see if he gets the rematch with Spence 
or he t- decides to take that Jamar Jamel Charlo fight, and he says he's willing to retire after that. And hey, man, that's how you ride off into the sunset like a champ, you know. So NFL Week One, uh, I didn't really catch much of the games. I'm not the biggest preseason guy. Preseason guy doesn't uh, preseason guy preseason doesn't really excite me. Uh, watching a lot of guys that probably won't even be on the team when the season starts. But you know, I caught a little bit of the the Raider game. Um, that uh, O'Connell, I think his name is for the Raiders, the backup QB right now. Hey man, he uh, D- Jimmy G better be on high alert that if he comes in and starts fucking up in the beginning of the season, that this guy's gonna come in and, and, and do his thing because he looks sharp, man. And, and and even though the Niners didn't have their first strings in there, the Raiders didn't have their first strings in there either. So these guys are kind of battling that on an even level uh, talent wise. And uh, he, he came in there and looked sharp, man. Commanded offense, big dude. Uh, he looks Hispanic, which is even even better. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so that guy came in there and did his thing, man. I think his name is uh, Aaron O'Connell, I believe his name is. And uh, he came in there and looked sharp, man. And uh, Jimmy G, he's known to get hurt. He's known to be inconsistent. Um, but I, I don't know, man. He better, he better be on high alert with this guy in the background because – He's young, and he, he's looking for an opportunity, and he looked good. Even though that was the first game of the season, we're going to see how it goes, plays out here, these three games in preseason. But, you know, he looked sharp. Raiders pull out a, a big victory, 34-7. to That's the game I did happen to see. You know, I got to watch my team. Uh, everything else, defense looked ready, rock and roll, man. Got some, some players on the D-line that we needed. Help out Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, you know, bring it home and, you know, like I said, not the biggest preseason guy, but I'm just happy football is here. It's near. It's coming up. Draft day for us. Uh, family draft is on the 26th. You know, so shout out to the Soto draft. You know, we do our thing over there. You know, it's, it's my time to shine again. Got to the playoffs last year, but came up a little short. So, all right, though, man, we're going to make it happen. But uh, Raiders looking good, man. And, and definitely uh, Trey Lance in the same game. You know, this guy was a first-round pick into – to hear them say that he's battling for the second string spot, that was uh, – if you're a Niners fan, that's real concerning, man. Uh, Purdy had a good season, but we'll see how he does. They, they they always call it sophomore slump. So we'll we'll see how he comes out and performs. But to take a player number one and move up in the draft to get him, and he's playing for the second string position. And he didn't look good. Uh, he didn't look like our QB. He definitely wasn't on point and – you know, I, I think the thing with this is a lot of these guys that come from college, that these guys have so high regard, you got to look at the talent level that they're playing. Because a lot of that stuff, when you get to the NFL, Johnny Menzel, RG3, even though he got hurt, he was starting to have a slump. Cam Newton, you know, a lot of these guys that come in high off of running the football, Vince Young, a lot of these guys that come in like that, that doesn't really translate to the NFL game. Uh, Trey Lance now, uh, the guy over there in um, what's the team, man? Forgetting right now. It flees me, but I'll remember. But there's a lot of these QBs that come in. Tim Tebow, the strictly off the running credentials, and people think they're the greatest thing since sliced bread until they have to come in and learn the NFL offense and stick to the pocket and throw precision passes. Some of these guys just don't practice that and don't got that, and you see it. So I just think that 
these a lot of these so-called experts and analysts on these NFL draft shows speak a lot of nonsense in my eyes when it comes to guys because guys that come out the third, fourth round that just got more heart than somebody might do better than somebody that's just relying on, oh, I'm good enough. I'm good enough. So, you know, you can't judge certain things. And a lot of these guys come high off credentials of running a football and beating this and that, but don't really don't really trans unless you're Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, uh, you know, even guys back in like Steve McNair, guys like that, Donovan McNabb, they can you gotta learn how to do both. You know, you gotta learn how to do both, man. Johnny Mizzell didn't work. You know, like I said, Tebow didn't work. So that 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 college offense doesn't always translate, and we gotta realize that because these guys, Trey Lance playing for a second string position. On a team that took them, you know, number one, that's wild to me. That's wild to me. Uh, weekly news, the Alabama brawl. I know you guys saw this craziness out there in the world, uh, you know. But they got what they deserve. They got what they was looking for. They got what they was looking for. Uh, hit them in the nose. Let it know. Yeah, here we go. Show. Yeah, just freestyle for show. <laughs> oh, man. Nah, but, you know, it's uh, – Sad, sad, sad that the situation had to happen that way, but you can't, that guy was working, man. You can't just come and punch on that guy at work. So they got what they deserve, and that's what happens. Faces getting hit in the curb. You know what I mean? It's just how we dropped it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, next, Tory Lanes. This is more serious situation here, man. I'm trying to f- hit my freestyles in here, but nah. Serious situation. Tony, Tony, <laughs> Tory Lanes. Um. Ten years in prison. I actually thought he would get more. I thought they would give him more to the. They said they were pushing for thirteen. Thought they would give him close to fifteen, maybe ten years of good behavior and all that. But looks like he'll probably do six years, seven years, get off for good behavior. You know, if he does everything he's supposed to. It's a sad situation, though, man. I, I have cover songs I've done for Tory Lanez. Um, you know, just just inspired by a lot of the music that he puts out and and have that sound. You know, I always kind of, even when he went at with, at it with Joyner Lucas, you know, I I, I really think Tory sh- Tory showed his rapping capability in that because Joyner Lucas is a great MC, and I think Tory smoked him on Lydia again. Uh, in my personal opinion, if you haven't listened to that track, go listen to Tory Lanez Lydia again. Great back and forth, but I think Tory had him, um, and and it's sad to see this talent wasted. Man, I used to watch this guy on Instagram live make make songs straight from scratch and, and, and just see the talent and be inspired by that man and, and, and to see the situation blow up the way it did. Um, even though he's still not coming clean about what happened, so, you know, most likely he did it the way it's looking. You know, he hasn't come out and said he ha- that he had did it or did it. Um, but, you know, it's a sad situation that some so someone so talented can can – lose a good portion of their prime years of making music. Don't think that he'll stop making music even when he comes home. But um that's a that's a big part of your life right there, man. Uh being in prison for, for years at a time, that's that's hard to swallow when you come from million dollar mansions and for laming young stakes. Um just a sad situation all around. But uh press to Megan, press to Tory, you know Hopefully he can ride that out and, and be strong for his family, man. Um, next thing, one last thing I want to talk about is the Gunner album. 
This is an I haven't listened to the Travis Scott album just yet, but I'll get around to it and I'll talk about it on the next pod. But for this one right here, this Gunner album, I pretty much listened to it all the way through. Man, Man on the Moon, uh, Butter, Butter and uh, Business. What else? Uh, just uh, that whole that whole album, that whole Gunner album, man, is 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 a great album. Uh, I listened to it more than one time. I don't really care about the street shits. I'm, I'm not in. I'm not in the streets. I don't have to abide by a code. I'm a citizen. Somebody shoot at my house. I'm gonna call the cops. Um, that's just how it is, man. I'm not never claim to be no criminal. You know, don't don't get it twisted though. We we stay strapped. You know, cause things might turn for worse. Though, so don't don't you know think we lacking. But it's just you know, um, sad situation all around, man. And and uh you know for like the Tory thing, this is another thing. This lived in the media, this lived out on the on the internet, calling him a snitch and he did this and did that and so many people if you read the case flipping now from Y YSL that it, it's unbelievable. You can't just pick people just like to pick and choose. And uh one thing you can't deny though, if the music is fire the music is going to be fire. Whether he's a snitch, whether he he ratted, whether he did what he said he didn't do, the music is fire. Separate the artist from the art. You can't take away from his talent. Gunner is talented, man. And, and that was a great album. And I don't really review albums here a lot because I, don't, I can't really sit and listen to a whole album nowadays. Most of the time it's three or four songs and the rest is filler. But uh, this is the actual album that I, I sat with. Round work, driving around, uh, really bumping this and listening to it, getting really into it, and uh, great album, man. Uh, if I got a, if I'm a grade it here, I'm gonna call it graded here. This is gonna be a segment on this for the albums that we do listen to. So if I gotta give it graded here, I give it a, nah, I'm gonna give it an eight point five out of ten stars right here on the Shiesty Show podcast. And that's another episode. I'm your host, Matt. It's been fun. We back. It's episode twenty one. And we out, baby.